Amen. All right, let's take our Bibles. We're going to go to Galatians again in chapter number 5, but if you'll also find Romans chapter number 6. Uh, while you're turning there, just again, I forgot to mention on the 14th, we do have, uh, we'll have Sunday school classes and uh, we're going to run uh, the bus uh, at that time as well. And so just be a full slate of things uh, that we do that day. Also, um, the uh, Karens have tonight a petition. Uh, some of you signed it uh, before church and it's dealing with the sex education nonsense that they're doing here in Washington State. And so if you've not signed one of those petitions at uh, wherever Safeway, different places that they do that. Uh, they have that uh, here uh, tonight, and if you even want to leave one of the sheets, you certainly could do that. Uh, and uh, but to make sure you sign that uh, and uh, try to uh, do the best we can as citizens uh, here in Washington to affect legislation uh, and uh, or just decisions uh, that the best that we can. Now back in uh, Galatians chapter number five, and this morning we uh, began really uh, with the thought of. Uh, that our liberty uh, should be valued uh, when we consider uh, how it is obtained, all right? I talked a lot about, uh, of course, our country and being Memorial Day and soldiers that have uh, given their life to secure uh, our liberties and freedom. Uh, and when we, uh, you know, Memorial Day this year uh, is kind of cheapened uh, because of uh, the infringements and things, they uh, gave all... Uh, so that we can have freedom, uh, and then we are feeling a little bit less free uh, right now. And then I liken that to the fact that we cheapen the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross of Calvary when we um, uh, do not necessarily we're not have freedoms infringed, where we take things too far. So we looked at losing liberty in America uh, with uh, the current things that are going on and how that kind of hurts and cheapens that uh, price that's been paid. Uh, and then connected that too uh, by way of uh, illustration and in application uh, to how we do that with uh, Christ and His sacrifice, uh, who He gave His life uh, for us. So uh, this is a time of remembrance. Memorial Day, we remember uh, those who gave their life. Uh, we remember, the Lord wants us to remember His love. We talked from Romans chapter number 5, verse number 8. The Bible says, But God commended His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, uh, Christ died for us. I believe God wants us to remember His love for us. Uh, he wants us to remember uh, the cross. In Philippians 2.8, the Bible says, And being found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. It would do us well. Uh, to remember that. Uh, we celebrated Resurrection Sunday um, in a kind of muted way as uh, well. No cantatas and other types of things that we would normally do. Uh, couldn't do your normal things. And, and it kind of robbed us a little bit of that. Even where we uh, had drive-in church uh, out here in Washington State when you weren't necessarily supposed to have it. Uh, and uh, to try to do what we can to make uh, to make Easter seem somewhat uh, normal uh, by being able to assemble, but uh, I kind of feel like uh, Easter or Resurrection Sunday of 2020 uh, was, uh, was not uh, normal, uh, and, uh, and I feel uh, bad about that, nothing I can do about it, uh, but just like Resurrection Sunday, uh, Memorial Day, you're going to have to do your best as well uh, to remember the reason. I believe that God wants us to remember, um, you know, what saves us. Uh, it's, uh, the Bible says this in 1 Peter 1, verse 18 and 19, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood 
of Christ uh, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Uh, if you were to do uh, an internet search uh, in uh, about Memorial Day, you'll immediately come across uh, page after page of things that will have statistics. Uh, and, uh, but you'll also notice a lot of uh, neat things like, like um, um, poems, uh, particularly about the fact that freedom isn't free. Uh, and that it comes at great cost, uh, in a co- the cost of the blood uh, and lives uh, of our servicemen and women. Uh, Jesus, uh, we're not saved because Jesus died on a cross. Uh, we are saved because He shed His precious blood uh, that washed away our sins. It's not His death. It's not the atonement in His death. It's in His shed blood. He gave us life. Uh, and uh, you say, well, you're just kind of it's semantics, you're parsing words. No, uh, what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so it's His shed blood. And we remember that because it's that sacrifice. And when we don't live uh, for Him the way that we should, to me, it cheapens uh, that sacrifice. Um, one of the, uh, the, I guess, paradigms that Christians should live by uh, from Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, about being uh, and living, being a living sacrifice for God. Uh, it's our reasonable uh, service. In fact, turn there just real quick, uh, and uh, you have a, a finger, hopefully, in, in Romans uh, in chapter number uh, 6. But in Romans 12, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's reasonable, it's acceptable that we give our lives for Him. We are bond servants, which we'll talk about here in Romans chapter number 6. But back in Galatians chapter number 5 where we began, uh, I want to kind of touch on this again uh, before we move on with some of these thoughts. uh, That uh, Galatians, of course, it's written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, and written to uh, the church, churches of Galatia uh, at that time. Uh, and uh, you've got to remember context. Uh, I made an application today, uh, which is a fair application, uh, but the context is a little bit different, and we're going to make sure we, we cover the application as accurately as we can. Uh, remember, all the Bible is written for us. Not all the Bible is written to us, all right? So the problem with the church at Galatia Uh, was that Christians who were now saved by grace uh, that were Jews uh, that that lived under the law uh, were conflating uh, the two and uh, trying to keep feast days. And there was a big battle uh, at that time, even amongst apostles like Peter and Paul, uh, over over this issue. And so there were Jewish people that were were, uh, trying to reach with the gospel uh, that uh, were confused about the whole thing. Uh, the Gentiles, like when we read in the book of Romans here in a second, it wasn't, it wasn't the case. Uh, it was the Jewish people who lived under the law uh, that were confused with the differences between law and grace. All right, is everybody with me? Say amen. So uh, having your full agreement uh, on uh, that fact from the Bible, probably one of the dumbest things that you can say as a Christian uh, is, uh, well, that's the law. I'm under grace. Here's the thing. Um, uh, is anybody in here right now in, in the room, are, you're Jewish? Uh, anybody at all? There's none. 
Um, does that, do any of you even know a Jewish person? <laughs> Firstly, okay, a couple of you might uh, know a Jewish person. Some of you have been to the Holy Lands, perhaps, and uh, et cetera. Here's, here's I'm just going to let you, this is super deep. Um, if uh, you most likely, I'm just, I'm going out on a limb, um, you uh, or your grandparents uh, and their grandparents and their grandparents all the way back to whatever time you want to go as far back as you want, none of them lived under the law. So they're, not, they're not Jews. Uh, they weren't alive and living uh, uh, to read the, uh, the book of the law and sacrifice, etc. So, so you have never been under the law. Uh, and, uh, and so when we make an application about liberty, for example, because we'll say, okay, you know, we're not under the law, we're under grace, and we use that as an excuse to justify sinful behavior, it's one of the dumbest things that you can say uh, because you were never under the law. Um, I was, when I got saved, I was a 14-year-old teenage redneck uh, from South Range, Wisconsin. Uh, I've been to church a couple different times. I, I didn't know what you know the the law was, what grace was. Uh, I you know I I just didn't. I got saved. I never once was ever under the law. Uh, I was a, I'm a Gentile uh, heathen, and I got saved by the blood of Christ. He saved me, and so I have really honestly never in my entire life as a Christian, even as a teenager reading my Bible for the first time, I was never confused about the differences between law and grace. I never kept those things. I never did those things. It was interesting to me uh, that I read that, but it, I just, it didn't apply to me. I was saved by the blood of Christ, uh, and, uh, and I never, ever ha- had to deal with that. So, um, dumbest thing you can say, uh, or one of the dumbest things you can say uh, in dealing with all that things. But what it also does for me as a pastor, as I listen to other preachers who justify, uh, who teach their people uh, and misapply all these verses from Galatians and, and other places about law and grace because, uh, because it's just, I, I think people say it and they really don't even think about it uh, or they repeat those things. But I want you to be as clear as clear can be. Um, not a one of you got saved from the law uh, and, are not, and are now under grace and have any reason to confuse the issues, all right? You've been set free. Um, but not the set free that they talked about, but the application. Let's go back, and I want to make it again, but then I'm going to point out um, how it relates even further to us in a more direct application. Uh, so back in Galatians in, uh, in chapter number 5, uh, verse 1 says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So I talked about being going back to um, the weak and beggarly elements back in chapter number four uh, and uh, look at uh, verse number nine. But now after that ye have known God or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. And so, so remember, all the Bible is written for us, not to us. All the Bible is profitable for doctrine. Uh, and so even though I'm not a Jew... Uh, that lived under the law, and, the, and God is speaking to Jewish Christians who struggle with that very fact. I can still make application to my life as a Christian from the principles involved. And so I, I remember years ago, as an example, I, I was preaching 
somewhere and, and uh, had uh, uh, Brother McCall was with me and uh, I had a prison jumpsuit on uh, and I, was, I, I had uh, uh, wrist and ankle shackles on uh, and he perp walked me uh, into the service uh, and up to the front uh, and I preached about how Jesus set us free and uh, I got loose from all those things but then by the end of the service I had put all the shackles back on illustrating the fact that I was set free uh, and I have gone back to uh, the weak and beggarly elements, etc. cetera. Uh, in making application as a sinner saved by grace, God saved me and freed me from sin. Why would I go back to the same sin in my life? It's not as a saved uh, Gentile uh, redneck from Wisconsin uh, that I just can't, I can't just, you know, I'm trying to follow law. Here, let me also put it this way. Um, when you read through the law, it's confusing. Uh, it's, it's heavy, it's deep. Uh, and, and, I, and if I was to like just to quiz you, uh, just on a random uh, right now, uh, uh, there's a vast majority of the people in this room that could not cite even the Ten Commandments in full without making a bunch of mistakes. And so you, you don't even, we don't even think about the law and all these different things until someone says, hey, you ought not do that. Uh, and you're like, well, you know, I'm not under the law. Uh, I'm under grace. Uh, and, uh, and, and so... Um, please, please don't say that, uh, and uh, because it's uh, you're you're misunderstanding all that. If you hear preachers preaching it, um, you can just pretty much mark them down as they might struggle uh, with uh, uh, with some other doctrinal positions and things as well. Uh, because uh, this really, honestly, is a no brainer, uh, and uh, I've never I've never been uh, under the law. I've been dead in trespasses and sins. Uh, and, uh, but I've never been subject uh, to, uh, to Old Testament law uh, as, a, as a Gentile human being. Is everybody with me? Okay, so I'm saved by grace. So how do I make that application? Um, to stand fast uh, into liberty, I should value, uh, if we look at our liberty as a, uh, as a citizen of America, I should value my liberty uh, considering how that liberty was obtained we celebrate uh, and remember on Memorial Day, uh, and I don't even celebrate. I know we do that because it's a it's a holiday, uh, but that's probably a poor choice of words. We remember the sacrifices that have been made. We consider that because that's why we value or should in America value freedom because it came at a great cost. And when those freedoms become infringed upon, again, it cheapens the price that was paid. Uh, and all the blood that was shed. So the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free uh, is a liberty uh, that was purchased at a great cost. For the Jewish individual uh, who got saved out from under the law and is now uh, saved by grace, uh, it was because the Messiah came, uh, Jesus, uh, and uh, God incarnate suffered an unparalleled um, punishment uh, in torture and incomprehensible. We think about the, uh, the crucifixion uh, and the shameful things, the, uh, the death, his shed blood, uh, all of that uh, he did to win back the liberty that man had forfeited 
by voluntary sin. We think of uh, Adam and Eve and uh, in how sin came and what sin has done. The redemption of man uh, was hopeless for himself, uh, and, but uh, God intervened and uh, uh, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Uh, and so uh, it is, it's a huge cost. Civil liberty... Uh, and uh, though in you know an inalienable right, uh, it should be uh, as we think about it, the right of every man uh, has also been secured uh, with great struggle and suffering, uh, and uh, and so we we look at the price that's paid, uh, and we value. I value my uh, my citizenship as an American because of the price that was paid for it. Uh, I value my citizenship in heaven. Uh, the fact that I'm saved and on my way to heaven because of the great price. And because that price, um, I just can't imagine in my life as a Christian just setting that aside or not thinking about it. So Christian liberty should be valued considering how it was obtained. Uh, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Be not entangled again to the Jew, entangled again to the yoke of bondage that they had under the law. Uh, to you as a saved person, uh, the entanglement with sin. Uh, let's go back to Romans chapter number 6. And uh, while you're making your way there, <coughs> I'm just going to read a couple of other verses uh, about this principle that I'm just going to, I'm going to basically teach us from Romans 6. I'm not going to cover all of Romans 6, 7, and 8, uh, and, uh, but there's just a lot of great stuff that's in there. But uh, there's principle in the Bible all over the place about this idea of turning back. But we have probably one of my favorite ones is the where the Bible says in Luke 17, 32, remember Lot's wife. Uh, the, the idea is, is that, uh, you know, she was, of course, they were, she was told not to look back. She looked back, God turned her into a pillar of salt. And the, the application is, is that when we leave the world, there's no, there's no looking back. There's no turning back. Uh, you think about the children of Israel in the illustration of, uh, of coming out of Egypt, the world, and into uh, the land of promise, uh, a victorious Christian life. Uh, there's no turning back. Uh, when, when you got saved, uh, Jesus Christ became your personal Lord and Savior. He didn't just save you from your sin. Uh, you gave your life. That's why we say that. I gave my life to Christ and why it's such a a pity uh, that so many, so many people say that and they really don't mean it. They didn't really give their life uh, to Christ. They prayed a prayer uh, and asked maybe, you know, whatever, and they did what they did, uh, but, uh, but Jesus has not been their Lord uh, and uh, through that entire time. So we have, uh, we have passages like that. Uh, we have in Luke chapter number 9, uh, the Bible says, And Jesus said in verse number 62, uh, said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Uh, in that passage, we're dealing with, uh, with you know, uh, father, mother, and sister, and brother, and taking up our crosses and following. It's like if you're in, you're all in, and no man who puts his hand to the plow and turns back is fit. Uh, the, the idea is, is that when you commit, you've got to stay committed. And I, I might preach this, uh, in the future, but uh, if, you're, if you're plowing and, and you're looking behind you, your rows are not going to be straight. I mean, I'm not a farmer, but I can figure that out. Uh, I remember when I was, uh, we were on Lake Superior when I was younger, and my dad says, all right, you, you drive, and I'll let you, you can't see the shore uh, in many of the places where we're fishing and different stuff, but we were getting closer to going back, and he says, all right, you're going to drive the boat, and I was excited to do that. 
but, uh, but when you're on water in, in driving a boat with the wind and the currents and the waves and everything else, uh, it's hard to keep going in a straight line. And, uh, and so here's, the, here's what he said. It says, he said, you pick a spot on the shoreline and you keep your eye on that spot on the shoreline uh, and, uh, and that's how you navigate and get through all that. Uh, and so it, it's a no wonder. Here's what, here's what most Christians do. They put their hand to the plow. Here's the direction God wants them to go in. And then they're looking back the whole time, regretting that they this and I miss, I miss, you know, what other things could I be doing on Sunday? And what other things could I do instead of reading my Bible? What other things can I uh, spend uh, money on in, in, in whatever? I was figuring this out the other day um, uh, with uh, just uh, finances and things to, to missions and things over the years and stuff. I could have, I could have bought uh, a couple of houses uh, in Washington State uh, and paid cash for them over the years. What could I have done with that money? And so we're looking, we're looking back. We put our hand to the plow. We're looking back, and, there's, and we're, we're so far off uh, in where God wants us to be because we've not, we've not run the race. We've not set our eyes uh, in the right place, and we're always looking back, and so we're off track all the time. Uh, and uh, it's a great thing, especially if you're a young person uh, here in this room. Uh, if you set your affections on God uh, and, uh, and start going in the right direction, don't look back because when you keep looking back, uh, you're always going to end off, uh, end up off target somewhere uh, down the road. And if you're off just a little bit over a long period of time, you're off a, a whole lot. Uh, and so you've got to right that ship and, uh, and get on and stay on the right course. And so God says, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. We read in Galatians 4 verse 9 about going back to the weak and beggarly elements. We see guys like Demas in the Bible who have, uh, who have loved, having loved this present world, uh, had forsaken Paul. Uh, and forsaken the work of God and had gone back. Uh, we see verses like in Proverbs 26, like uh, uh, God refers to uh, the going back uh, as a dog that returns to uh, his vomit, so a fool to his folly. Uh, we, we read warnings in, uh, in the book of Revelation uh, about uh, uh, having God having somewhat against uh, the church because they have left their first love. I'm saying over and over and over again in the Bible, uh, you have a principle that says uh, you're supposed to keep going straight uh, and, uh, and focus on God and focus on heaven uh, and run your race and run it the right way and do right, live right, and there's just there's no turning back. Uh, there's, there's, no, there's no, I'm going to give my life to Jesus and then, and then go back to the way things were. God, we're not, uh, the way that I see that is we don't deserve heaven. Uh, and we doubly don't deserve it uh, when we behave in that way. We say, God, uh, forgive me and save me. I'm going to give you my life. And then to go back to the hog slop uh, of this world uh, is, is such a slap in the face of God uh, that uh, uh, if, if, if you can be prodigal and, God, and you return and, and you can be backslidden and God is gracious and, uh, and you get back on track, you ought to praise God for that. Uh, because if I were God and if you were God, uh, we would be like, hey, after all that I've done for you, you treat me that way. That's how we would respond. But God is long-suffering towards us. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. But let's not take uh, that for granted. So Christian liberty 
uh, our salvation for the Galatian uh, Christian who was a saved uh, individual and they're struggling with the, uh, all the, uh, the law and grace and that balance, the Hebrew Christians that we read about in the book of Hebrews, other places, God is speaking to them. That's not a proof text for you to justify your sin. Okay, uh, that's, God's not talking to you. He's talking to them. Uh, and we can't cherry pick in the Bible um, uh, the, way, the, the things we want to apply to our lives and things we don't want to apply to our lives. Uh, we've got to understand the Scripture. It's of no private interpretation and make the proper applications where we need to. But our liberty should be valued considering how it was obtained. Also, our liberty should remind us of the oppression from which it delivers. So you think about our life on Memorial Day and the sacrifices made for us as Americans and, uh, and, uh, and living in America and remembering that price and where I'm at, um, it reminds me of the, the oppression from which I've been delivered. Now, I've had the privilege of being in countries on missions trips that were closed countries. Uh, I've, I've actually been, uh, you know, we're in church services where I'm concerned about who's going to show up, who's going to come in, is there going to be trouble. I've been hidden in closets away from the police. I've been in places like that. But you know what? Never did I ever think in America that I'd have to instruct our deacons and ushers or whatever to when church starts, would you just lock the door? Because I didn't want someone walking into the middle of the service and try to shut us down for, uh, for meeting in the auditorium. You follow me? So, so I've, I've been in places where that's, like, that's how it is. Not like a normal missionary and the stuff they go through. But, uh, but in those places, in Sri Lanka and India and other places, uh, to where you don't have the freedoms here. So when I remember the price that has been paid and for my liberties, uh, it, re- it reminds me of the oppression from which I've been delivered. Uh, that I can, I can be here and, and practice my faith and, uh, and live for God and, uh, and to live a quiet and peaceable life as we pray for uh, our leadership and try to live as a Christian. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think going forward, uh, there's going to be uh, increased um, uh, difficulties, called persecution or whatever. Uh, and uh, I don't think we're persecuted like people in the Bible have been persecuted, uh, but I think things are going to get worse and not better. Uh, and, and I'm thankful for the liberty because it reminds me of how it could be. The Bible says, and in, uh, in, back in our text, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The Galatians had been bondmen. Uh, they had been enslaved uh, by the, some of them by the worship of false uh, uh, deities uh, and uh, vile deities. Uh, and uh, some of them uh, would just rush right into the snare of uh, of what was legalism to them was adding to grace uh, the, the uh, things of the law. Legalism isn't having a rule, all right? Uh, legalism isn't having a standard. If somebody's got one more standard than you got, then they're a legalist. Uh, and so I get, I get termed that or labeled that all the time. He is a legalist. Obeying the Bible doesn't make you a legalist. Adding something to grace for salvation, uh, like I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna go to heaven because I'm saved and because I wear a tie is legalism. Uh, and uh, but but we don't believe that, we don't teach that, we don't preach that. I don't know, I don't know a, a, a Baptist preacher on the planet 
uh, that preaches uh, from a legalistic standpoint. But you wouldn't know that uh, talking to, uh, to people that you talk to. Uh, they would just uh, run right into that because they were used to being bondmen. So uh, disobedience involves us in all kinds of entanglements. And so he says, don't be entangled, don't be ensnared uh, again. And so freedom reminds us of the oppression from which it, uh, it delivers us. As a Christian, when I think of what Jesus has done uh, in purchasing my freedom from sin, uh, I, I think all the time of how life could have been uh, had, had I not been saved, uh, how things would be different uh, in my life or my family or what would I be doing right now and uh, all those things if it had not been for the grace of God. But the third thing, and what I want to finish with, uh, and as we look into Romans 6, is that uh, Christian liberty, as well as civil liberty, should be rigorously maintained. Rigorously maintained. The Bible says, back in Galatians, stand fast, therefore. So the price of freedom, uh, civil freedom, whatever, as an American, uh, is uh, uh, the price of that. Uh, really is incessant vigilance. So when people say, well, um, just, because, just because the government wants you to stay home for a couple weeks to, for the greater good or whatever, it doesn't mean that, you know, your liberties and blah, blah, blah. I've heard it a hundred different ways. Um, but, but it's just like this test the fence, test the fence. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I, I don't buy into all this kind of stuff uh, that I hear and see every single day. Uh, but I know this, uh, that uh, I have a right as an American citizen uh, in, in to, to, to practice my faith uh, the way that, uh, that I believe that my faith should be practiced and going to church is part of that. And when you tell me uh, that I can't go to church you're causing me to sin, uh, and, uh, and I'm going to obey God rather than you, uh, and that's just how my opinion has been this whole time. But, but there needs to be vigilance on the part of the, that's the price of freedom. If we don't stand up for our freedoms and rights in America, then they'll disappear. And, uh, and again, I just think it's just, you know, um, you give an inch, they take a mile. And it's like, remember when this all started, we're going we're gonna to take... Stay home for two weeks and, and flatten the curve. How'd that turn out? It's extension, extension, extension. It wasn't about any of that. So we have to vigorously, rigorously, diligently practice in maintaining our freedom. So once gained, it should be something, a prize that should never be lost. No effort, no sacrifice, nothing should be grudged in its defense and so we, we do that. Uh, you think about um, somehow, uh, and I don't want to get too far off base here because I want to uh, read just a couple of verses here and be done, uh, but somehow we think uh, that, uh, that we can't have civil war in America, uh, that people aren't going to turn guns on each other uh, and all this, crazy, all this PC stuff and this whatever. Um, we, are, we are human beings uh, that have a sin nature, uh, and, uh, and on top of that, uh, there are things that people believe in and are willing to die for and, uh, and in, in this country. And so because, because it's 2020 and we live in a, uh, in a you know, technological, uh, 
you know, whatever uh, society and everybody is whatever. Um, it, that, that's, we could have civil war and all kinds of crazy stuff going on in our lifetime in this country as people fight for freedom uh, to practice their religion or, uh, or, or any different uh, type of thing. So as far as uh, I'm a, a Christian, I'm free, uh, and what Paul was telling the Galatians, uh, those there, that their religion uh, laid upon them no further uh, chain uh, of the law uh, in Judaism. Uh, there's nothing, uh, uh, when it comes down to Christian liberty, and remember, it's not about religion, it's about a relationship, my faith with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, when I say that, it doesn't mean we shouldn't have standards and other types of things because the Bible is filled uh, with many things that God wants us to obey. And obedience uh, is uh, how I prove uh, my love to God according to the Scripture. Not nothing I've made up. Uh, and I'm not even saying I necessarily like it because there's, there's times in my life, now the Word of God's not grievous to me, uh, but as a sinner saved by grace, uh, there's a lot of times in my life as a Christian, I, you know, I'd be great if that wasn't in the Bible. Uh, I'm just trying to be honest. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's tough uh, to, to live a, a Christian life. Your liberty should be valued considering uh, how it was obtained. Your liberty should remind you of the oppression from which it delivers you. Your liberty should be rigorously uh, maintained. Romans chapter number 6, all that was introduction, and here's all I'm going to do is point you some verses, okay? Uh, in Romans 6, the Bible says, verse number 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Uh, all the Scripture is teaching us in Romans 6, 7, and 8 is that you have been saved by, from the bondage of sin. You've been set free. And so being set free, now having liberty in Christ, in chapter number 6, look at verse number 18. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. So we have not, I, I have not, and you have not been set free uh, from the law. Uh, we're, not, we're not bound to that. We use all those verses. We're saved by the blood of Christ uh, under grace. It was a free gift. Uh, there's nothing we can do to, to merit it. Uh, it is all of God, uh, and it's given to us freely if we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We cannot continue in sin and abuse the grace of God or turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. Uh, the Bible talks about in chapters uh, 6, 7, and 8, uh, about uh, there's therefore no condemnation to them uh, that are in Christ Jesus. The Bible talks about the Word. Uh, by the way, this the, is the law of God, the Word of God, the perfect law of liberty, uh, and we're, we are to obey it. Uh, the Bible is there to make sin exceeding sinful. It's a sin before you know it's a sin. You read it in the Bible, it makes sin exceeding sinful. The law is a schoolmaster. Uh, and again, we go on and on and on and on about all that the Bible says about that. But the bottom line is this. You've been set free from, from your sin to serve God uh, in righteousness or to serve righteousness. Uh, for you uh, to just go, ah, I'm done, uh, is... Uh, is uh, now, I don't think there's anybody in this room uh, that would run into uh, a young person um, on the college campus uh, someplace and they just start telling you how, uh, how they just love 
socialism and communism, uh, and uh, and uh, they don't. I don't care uh, who died uh, to uh, uh, to get our freedom, whatever. Uh, I just I just think this or whatever. I don't. I just don't know anybody in this room will go. Oh, that's just a, you know, that's great. You can have your own opinion. That's wonderful. Uh, and uh, I just don't think there's anybody like that. It would upset you. Uh, and, and by the way, it should. Uh, when, when somebody says that kind of stuff, doesn't mean that you've got to be uh, ungracious to them or unkind to them. Uh, and, uh, but you know what? You ought to want to. It, it, in you, you should be like, if, if I didn't have the Holy Ghost in me right now, <laughs> you know, uh, I'd give you a, a piece of my mind or whatever. Uh, but uh, it's like I mentioned that lady at the, the thing. She's just telling everybody, yeah, it's like, this is what communism looks like. This is social. We're just getting like brisket, uh, you know, at the, at the meat market. And she's like, this is what, and, and have you seen that? Going in, the food things and stuff not being on the shelves and, and people have been pointing that out. Some of them be like, like that lady. I was like, man, you, you tell them. Uh, but nobody was arguing with her. Uh, she wasn't at Whole Foods. Uh, and uh, so, uh, so uh, it's just, but when somebody comes up to me in all this kind of whatever, I'm like, you know, you have no idea. Uh, you got no idea how good you have it. You have no idea the price that has been paid. And they, many of them, they, even, they don't even know. They can tell you what wars and on and on, or even tell you what Memorial Day is. To them, it's just a, it's just a long weekend uh, in the beginning of summer. Uh, and because they don't think about this, remember the sacrifice, the, the freedom's not going to be preserved. Uh, and that's just, uh, that's just how it is. As a Christian, though, it should bother you more. Um, it bothers, it, I get more bothered in my spirit from a Christian who's claimed the blood of Christ and is no longer interested in God and no longer interested in church, uh, boils my blood a whole lot quicker uh, than some knucklehead uh, at a liberal university. Because if you've been the recipient of the grace of God and have tasted of that heavenly gift and to, and to, and to turn your back on that uh, and to get out of church and, and all that kind of stuff, I mean, uh, the jury's out on whether you're saved or not. Um, but, but I just, you know, uh, the, the person who, uh, who believes that Socialism and communism uh, is the wave of the future are deceived and ignorant. The person who's saved and knows better and then chooses to do the other stuff and to go back to the hog slop and the weak and beggarly elements and all the different things and uh, to go back to what Jesus had set them free from. Uh, and uh, in God, he gives the list of those. He says, you were, you were before some of these, and, and now you're not, and you're saved by grace. Uh, and, uh, and God just lays those all out. Uh, it, ought to, it ought to bother you more when you see that than you see some weirdo on some interview on Fox News that just doesn't make any sense about what they believe or whatever. Um, it doesn't, though. Um, we, for one, we seem to just be, we just extend grace to everybody. Nobody can say anything to anybody. You can't tell somebody uh, you're in sin, you're not right with God. You can't tell somebody, well, you know, not, not every paradigm is a correct paradigm. And just because you believe that this is whatever doesn't make it so. Uh, well, who do you think you are? And, and on and on and on and on. Can't say anything to anybody. 
That's why Baptist preachers get in trouble all the time because they, most of them don't care. Uh, and they're just going to say what they need to say. Some people like that, and a whole lot of people don't. And, uh, but somebody's got to say it. Somebody's got to put people on, on the spot. And so if you're here tonight and you're saved and on your way to heaven, say amen, raise your hand. Amen. Saved and on my way to heaven. Put them all up there. Hold them up there. All right? I'll put them down. You should never turn back. Um, to do so makes you not fit for the kingdom of God. Uh, it, I didn't say that. The Bible said. You put your hand in the plow and turn back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. And, uh, and how, I mean, how can we be uh, his sacrifice, and he saved me, what a blessing, and on and on, and then, and then just... I'm just going to whatever. I'm going to just do whatever and live however. Um, it ought to bother you every single time uh, that you do that. Why? Um, when you consider the price that was paid. When you consider how things could be without, uh, without Christ. When you, uh, when you realize uh, that the liberty that you have now in Christ should be rigorously Maintain. You should fight for it uh, and, uh, and obey the Lord and live for Him, uh, a living sacrifice, bearing your cross, uh, all the things that the Bible says, and you should be 100% all for it. So my challenge to you uh, is uh, for every, let's just try it for a week. Uh, for every, every knucklehead that you see espousing craziness uh, with politics and communism, socialism, and it gets your blood boiling, you just got to say something. Just got to say something. Um, why don't you take just a, some, some of that energy uh, and to the brother or sister in Christ that you know, uh, your friend, uh, the former, the former churchgoer, uh, the person who loved Jesus and now is in the world and loves the world. Why don't you tell them, um, spend some of that energy on them, and just say, you know what, you've blown it. You just really have. Well, God will take you back, and He loves you. Uh, and uh, but you just can't keep living that way. Uh, it is a it is a slap in the face of your heavenly Father uh, for you to go back to and to abuse the grace of God and turn His grace into lasciviousness. And they, and they say, well, I'm not under law. You go, Pshh! You, just, you just shush them. Say, no, 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 no. You ain't no Jew. Uh, and you were never under the law. Uh, and, uh, and you just say, this is nonsense. You know what you ought to do? You just obey God. Uh, and stop making excuses. Uh, and, uh, and just get a little bit more upset uh, about, about that type of a thing. Uh, than we do uh, about a liberal college student uh, who's been, by the way, indoctrinated uh, in all that stuff from the time they could, you know, well, we just talked about the beginning. Let's start teaching them sex education and kindergarten and, uh, and all this kind of stuff. We live in a sin-sick, dark world uh, that needs more lighthouses, uh, and it ain't going to get done uh, if we just zip our lip. If your first impulse is, I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm not going to sign a petition. God help us. Uh, and uh, sign a petition. What's that, what's that petition? I need another petition to sign. Uh, living in Washington State, you can find a hundred different things that you can fight against every single day uh, in this state. Uh, just be light and salt and live for Him. Uh, that would be a great thing for us to do. Let's all stand tonight with our heads bowed and our, our eyes closed tonight. Uh, let's just...